0: You're listening to Conversion Cast, presented by Lead Ferno. I'm your host, Aaron Wyke. Conversion Cast focuses on digital marketing and conversion, exploring the art and science to turn a lurker on your website to a lead, a browser to a buyer. And what an episode I have for you today getting more from GA4. My guest is the fabulous Dana DiTommaso, president and partner at Kickpoint Agency. What I love about Dana is her ability to share and teach digital marketing and analytics to other marketers. She's elite, and her knowledge covers Google Analytics 4, Google Tag Manager, Looker Studio, and so much more. She's a former SEO Speaker of the Year Award winner and constantly on stage at MozCon, LocalU, Minnesota Search Summit, and other top conferences. Her newly launched Analytics for Agencies Playbook is an amazing online course you need to check out if you're a marketer. And I even have a promo code for you in the show notes. With that, let's get analytical. Dana, welcome to Conversion Cast. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. So the time is come and gone now this summer. Universal Analytics is bye bye. GA4 is here. Yep whether you like it or or not, I I dare I say in the digital world, it feels as polarizing as uh, the US uh, political scene. (laughs) Um, But I'd love to hear um, you kind of share with us your thoughts on, you know, what exactly the fundamental change with GA4 is about. And if we're glass half full type people, what should we embrace and understand about?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I just gave a presentation at Bright Local and I basically said, GA4, we're stuck with it now. And that's, (laughs) I mean, that's really what it is. It's, 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 you can't be like, oh, I'm going to use, you know, this other thing for Google because you can't. This, this is it. And some people have said, well, you know what? We're going to move over to this other tool. We don't want to use Google Analytics at all anymore. But the thing is, if you use Google Ads, you have to use it. So certainly there's a bit of like, you kind of have to approach it and be like, all right, this is something I have to use, but let's try to make the best of it. And so I definitely try to be glass half full about analytics because there are a lot of great features in GA4 that were problems in universal analytics. You know, in particular, the way in which it processes data now, that event-based model that people talk about all the time, huge improvement over the way universal analytics did things universal analytics was great in 2004 but people use the web very differently in 2023 when we're recording this and i think that universal analytics just never really was able to keep up with that so GA4 does a much better job of realizing that people leave tabs open forever. Those people don't necessarily show up as users anymore on your reports, for example. Some people say, oh, the user counts are different. Well, yeah, they were never right. They're just slightly more accurate now. <laughs> it has a lot of the privacy features built in that are required, which is why the Universal Analytics sunset date was probably so quick, relatively, yep. is because they have to do some stuff for GDPR. And so now here we are with Universal with GA4, Universal is gone. And uh, I know it's sad because it's a user interface that people have used for years and ga4 seems to be less data on the surface but when you dig in there's tons going on it's just the user interface it needs some help but it'll get there like original i don't know if you ever used urchin analytics back in the day or you know
0: yeah i was gonna (laughs) basically tell this i'm like listen i've I've been in the game so long Mm -hmm. that was part of our like uh leg Mm -hmm. up in selling managed service hosting is like and half the presentation was Urchin mm-hmm. Analytics, and here's yep. all the great things you can see compared to like yep. AW stats and hit counters and, <laughs> and whatever else, right? So that, that yep. definitely dates me.
1: Yeah, I was talking to uh, Ruth burr who you might know from Upbuild, and she mm-hmm. called uh, GA4 Web Trends in a fancy hat, which I thought was just perfect. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, we never should have gotten rid of those tools. They were perfect. But that that's really what it is, is it's gone back sort of to the idea of not quite log file analysis, but the idea that there is an event, and an event could be multiple things. You don't have these different, like, hit types and hit scopes that you had in universal analytics. It's, it's really just a completely different way of looking at data.
0: Yeah, and do you feel like, you know, when I listen to most of the digital marketing crowd, which those mm-hmm. are my connections on Twitter and LinkedIn, so much of it is there were things over time that were in universal analytics that were just there at a glance in one click. Yeah. That you have to do a little bit of work in order to arrive there in GA4. But obviously yeah. with change, people throw their hands up and they're like, ah it's not there and this is terrible and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I know you've done some great uh, videos and tutorials playing off of some of those questions or, or complaints. But, but, you know, yeah. what do you what do you have to say with some of those aspects of it and how to make it work?
1: Oh yeah, totally the user interface needs needs help for sure. And I think that um, a lot of the basic stuff that marketers look at on a regular basis just is not there. I think it's a great tool for data collection. I don't think it's a great tool for reporting yet. And I think that there are some things that you can do in particular with regards to customizing reports um, that can really you can change how the sidebar looks. You can change the reports that are shown in that sidebar, which is something we could never do in Universal and is actually right. great for clients. You know, we have a report in one of our GA4s called Cheryl, use this. There's no way I could do that in Universal Analytics,
0: right? Just Just, all kinds of SaaS tools, right? (laughs) If if you could update and make the navigation your own, you would be like, I I started thinking that as in owning a SaaS tool. I was like, oh man, people, instead of you saying this is what the report's name, they can build Mm -hmm. a custom report, name it and put it right in the navigation. Like that definitely struck me as that's a pretty cool feature that I need to do more with.
1: Yeah and I think I think there's probably a bit of issue with sort of this team is working on this and this team is working on this other thing and so some things seem more advanced than others like I think explorations that whole explore section is really interesting but I think the feature set for it is a bit behind where other features are so for example you can have a funnel explore that you can put into your navigation but you know really hidden that you can do that and you can't do that with any other explorations why unclear, right? So I feel like yeah. that is something that's going to be coming. But it's all these different, you know, it's like a big group project. And <laughs> somebody was on vacation for two months and that we didn't, you know, it was like this team was working on these bugs, and they didn't realize they had to do this other thing. And so I'm sure that, you know, from a technical debt perspective, working on GA4 is certainly probably more pleasant than it was working on universal analytics. But I also think that there are a lot of things that probably in their queue to get done that are just it's going to happen, it'll get there. But in the meantime, what I'm saying is like, if you don't have a client who wants to go into GA4, speaking from an agency perspective, or if you don't want to go into GA4, like make Looker Studio reports for yourself because that is the best way to show that data right now.
0: Yeah. And that's a great piece of advice. When you look at it it initially as people have transitioned and set things up, what are some of the common mistakes or pitfalls that you've seen people um, falling into that your uh, voice of reason could save them from right now?
1: I would say the biggest number one thing that I'm telling everybody right now is unless you have logins on your website, which not that many people do, like you do on Leadferno, for example, so this advice wouldn't necessarily apply to you. But a lot of sites, for example, like an agency website, like the Kickpoint website, for example, the Playbook website where we sell our courses has logins. We can't do this there, but on our agency site kickpoint.ca, we don't have logins and we can do this there. And that is to go into your reporting identity in the admin and change it to set to, you have to click see all and it shows you one more option, which is silly. Why click see all for one more option, but, and then you click on device-based. And the reason why is because if you don't do this, you're going to end up with sampling. And this is particularly bad for lots of small business websites that also don't have user logins because what happens is that you end up with the sampling, which means that some conversions are just not going to show up at all. Like we have one client who has, um, they actually have leadferno on their site and some other leadferno events just weren't showing up because of sampling. So when we switched them to device-based, they were showing up. Yep. Same thing they had the same problem with call rail not showing up because it was such a small percentage of their overall traffic. Because they're a B2B business. They don't necessarily get a ton of calls or a ton of chats. But yep. then for our clients who are more B2C focused, like You know, those events are showing up for them, but another ones, it's just not there. And why is that? And so that can be confusing as well if you're dealing with a lot of GA4s going, well, it's working in this one, but it's not working in this other one. What's going on? Device-based is the reason. And what device-based does is when you visit a website, if you think about a user, a user is really just a device, unless there is something that you can do to tie them across multiple sessions. So for example, Google Signals is one product where people, if they've opted into Google's advertising network, they're signed into Google on their various browsers it can track you across different devices, but most of the time it can't. It has no idea what is happening over on this device and that device. So the reality is most of the time anyway, a user is a device and device-based just say, basically says, I'm just gonna consider every device to be a separate person and leave it at that. Which in most cases, especially when you're thinking about say, smaller B2C businesses, home services businesses, like that is true in most cases.
0: Yeah, that's to me probably something that you know getting used to some of the new ways that not only it's presented but mm-hmm. captured mm-hmm. has really become difficult for people to wrap their mind around because it's become such a you know and and such a long run right like yeah. almost 20 years of learning things one way doing things one way and now that it's shifted it's just so ingrained this one way and that changes is so hard Um, you know in in one of your videos uh, i love that you took to it was cyrus shepherd on twitter basically saying like um how do i see it what it was it um landing pages by organic traffic
1: that's right yeah Yeah.
0: so you know putting that out there and you just did a great job of like sweet i'll use the community voicing a frustration or or whatever else and make a video like hey you know here within a few clicks is how you do it and how you Mm -hmm. can work it into that custom navigation so Yep. You know, as much as anything, it's so many of us having just an open mind to dig a little bit, take on ad- additional information, learn a bit. And you can still uncover these same things.
1: And I think, too, with universal analytics, like, no one was born a UA expert. At some point, you had to learn this stuff. And I think because we've been using it for so long, we're like, oh, I just know how to do this thing. But at some point, you watched a video, or you took a course, or you write a blog post on how to do this one thing that you're like, this is so easy to find now. And so I think that that part is missing, really, for GA4 for some people. And in particular, actually, what I find the most interesting is how people are like, well, this is really, you know, the user interface is actually, like, cleaner in GA4 than it is in Universal Analytics. There's way less stuff clunking up the left sidebar, but because people do feel like they have to dig around a little bit, that's where some of the, I can't do this, this isn't working, confusion comes in. So I'm hoping yep. videos like that can really help clear things up for people. And then for us personally, we started using GA4, obviously very early on when it was still called App and Web. And then we actually switched most of our primary properties to only look at GA4. I stopped looking at Universal Analytics entirely unless I had to about a year and a half ago. Okay. And then that really made a big difference too. And I think some people who, if you waited to the last minute and then you've this, now you have to use it. You don't have the ability to be like, right, how would I have done this universal? Okay, here's how I'm going to do this in GA4. So that part is really difficult too, because you kind of did yourself a disservice by waiting to last minute. And look, I'm a procrastinator. I get that, but yeah. I knew this was going to be so difficult to sort of rewire your brain that you had to start early. And if people are listening to this and they never learned universal analytics, you were in great shape. You've you, it's so much easier to start with GA4 if you never learned UA in the first place. <laughs> there
0: you go. Much, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe easier to ride a unicycle if you weren't already just riding a bicycle and thought that was the mm-hmm. only way to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know for us, w- we had literally just finished our integration with Universal Analytics, and when yep. GA4 was announced, we're like, oh, well, we're going to be building this in our future, and so mm-hmm. you know, running them parallel. But it definitely gave us a lot of time to get used to it and then having to adjust to some of the you know nomenclature and how things are, are named yep. um, and and things like that came about. So with that, you know, selfishly since our product is focused on conversions and the sources of those conversions, what can you share for us for what you see as far as best practices, um, you know, what you should be looking into and setting up for tracking conversions in GA4 since that, that part of things to me was really made so much better.
1: Yeah, it's almost too easy to turn on conversions now. Um, we've had clients who, uh, one client, their paid agency decided to be track when people click on call to action buttons and their paid agency was like, well, we're going to track when people click on call to action buttons. And suddenly their conversions went up to like 20%. Like, please don't do that. So it's even more important now to make sure that people don't go in and turn on conversions that shouldn't be conversions. I really try to focus with clients, you know, the things that don't help you immediately get towards your business goals. In most cases, that business goal is making money unless you're not for profit and then it might be something something like education, you know, that business goal is really only where your conversions should be. So in most cases, we're tracking things like form fills, you know, that includes leadferno form fills and lead for no phone calls. We'll be tracking, you know, if they're using a call tracking tool like CallRail, we're tracking that as well. Any email uh, clicks, if they don't have a call tracking solution, then we're tracking taps or clicks on a telephone number as well. Um, And that's really it with regards to conversions. And so what we're thinking about when it comes to conversions is, first off, what are we going to track? Is it coming in from a third party um, source? So for example, with something like CallRail, because that data is pushed in from a third party source, it doesn't actually attribute itself properly in GA4 yet. There's a new event that came out about a month and a half ago. And I know that CallRail is working on implementing it so that it can do better attribution. But you know, tools like Leadferno, it we do have the attribution in there, so that part's working. Make sure that your events, if they're coming in from a third-party tool, are showing up correctly attributed. And you can just do that by going into really any of the attribution reports. I usually use the session attribution report. And then take a look at your conversions. And in the session attribution report, if you see the conversion metric, you can click the little drop-down and you can filter by the specific conversion. So you can say, I just want to see Leadferno, for example. And then you can see if it's being attributed properly across your different channels.
0: Awesome. Great piece of advice there. Uh, Building on that, you've already given us using uh, Looker for reporting Mm -hmm. instead of right out of GA4. You've enlightened us a little bit more on tracking conversions and sources. What are some other uh, general tips that uh, you think are really helpful for people starting to use and go a little bit deeper with GA4?
1: Yeah, definitely take the time to customize the reports that make sense for you. So as you mentioned that video I put out, talked a little bit about how to customize reports, but if you have editor or admin level permissions in your GA4, on any report, you're gonna see a pencil icon towards the top right hand of the report. Click on that and then you can customize what's actually shown up on the report. So if you don't have an e-comm site, Remove all your revenue metrics. If you know number of events per user is not a useful metric for you, go ahead and remove that from the standard reports. Then, when you save it, you can save it as a new report, and then you can insert it somewhere else in your navigation, or you can cust- you can just save it to the uh, current report and just overwrites the default report that came with GA4, which is particularly good, I would say, for clients that don't have e-commerce. I find that that's really frustrating, as GA4 seems to assume that everyone has an e-commerce site, which you know I wish, but people don't buy like I don't know plumbing services (laughs) in that way, right? So it's something where if you don't have revenue on your website, if you're not going to have revenue reporting, just remove that from the GA4 interface. So take a look at the reports, see what you use, see where you're thinking, oh, I wish I knew this. Click on that pencil icon and then start to customize the reports, add the dimensions that make sense for you, add the metrics that make sense for you. And that's going to make your life a whole lot easier when it comes to using GA4 on a day-to-day basis.
0: Awesome. Are you an agency or business looking to track conversions for your reporting? Leadferno can help. Track and report SMS and other conversions from Leadferno using our reporting tools, and most importantly, our Google Analytics for integration. Our web-to-text widget fires events into GA4 that you can track and set as conversions. Learn more on how Leadferno works and our agency partner program with a two-week free trial at leadferno.com. Now back to our talk with Dana. So now I'm going to give you the power that uh, Google Analytics team comes to you and says, Dana, we're setting our roadmap. Uh, what <laughs> one to two but things would you would you like to see uh, incorporated in here? What, what would those be for you that you would love to see added next?
1: Man. Boy, that is a lot of power. Um, (laughs) I would love to see calculated metrics in GA4 itself. So for example, one of the core metrics we track for most of our clients is content consumption. And that's something we have a recipe on our website, kpplaybook.com on how to do that. But content consumption basically looks at the page and says, here's the number of words on this page. So it'll take you three minutes to read this page, five minutes to read that one, 10 minutes to read this other one starts a timer. If you spent long enough on the page it counts as being dwelled. If you scroll to the bottom of that piece of content, we know that you scrolled far down far enough. And if both those things are true, then we say that the content was consumed. It's a great way of telling if people actually read what you had to say. Mm -hmm. But what I can do in GA4 reports is I can say, tell me how many times the content consumption event happened or the content scroll event happened. But what I can't do is I can't say now divide it by the number of views this page had and tell me what percentage of people had content uh, consumption. I have to do that in Looker Studio. I would love to be able to do that in GA4 itself because it is on its face a very basic report and I don't feel like I should have to go to off to Looker Studio to do that. Yep. Um, and the other thing I would ask for is please let me put all the explorers in the reporting interface, not just <laughs> individual, not just funnels. I really want to see all the different possible options.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, ship that snippet of this episode off to the analytics team. Excellent. And I'm, I'm sure you. it'll move right to the top.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. They're just like, what does Dana have to say about our product today? Let me get on that.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> you. You. You have that power. Um, so at, after that, the the last thing I kind of want to um, touch on. That uh, you know, one I can flat out say for myself, and getting to be at uh, so many different conferences over the years with you, and always learning something. Um, As far as the things I pay attention to, analytics is probably two, three or four um, down the chain from uh, other things. But I'm always interested in wanting to learn more. And I always get that from you. So (laughs) when you let me know X amount of weeks ago um, what you were rolling out um, with the analytics for agencies playbook, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is going to be a rock solid piece of content, um, just because I've never known you not to bring a plus game to these things. So Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about uh, why you created um, this analytics for agencies uh, playbook. And then let's dive into some of the core things that people can get from it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So one of the biggest things with the playbook, the Analytics for Agencies course, is it's huge. It's taken me over a year to write it. Wow. Um, It is essentially everything. I didn't think it was going to take that long when I started, and here we are. Uh, (laughs) It takes a long time to do this stuff. Yeah. I would say the big thing is that it... is it's everything that we know about analytics. It's all of the tools that we use every day when we deliver analytics solutions for our clients. It's our reporting templates, it's our analytics plan templates, it's our discovery process. Basically, we've open the doors to everything we do at Kickpoint when we deliver and sell analytics products to our clients. And we've left nothing behind. So that's why it is really for agencies because it's what we do at our agency to be successful with analytics. And I want to give this to other agencies so that they can be successful with their analytics. Because partly it's, I've dealt with a lot of analytics. I've been doing this for 23 years now. I've been dealing with a lot of analytics over the years. I've seen hundreds, maybe even thousands of GAs. None of them were ever set up right and often the worst offenders, sorry, were agencies. And I think it's because you don't have enough time to dig in properly. You know, the way in which a lot of agencies structure this stuff is it's like you have five minutes to set up GA4, go. And You can set up GA4 in five minutes, but we have a process to do that. And so by taking this course and getting these processes, you can take GA4 and use our process and set up a whole Google Tag Manager container and a GA4 account in about 15 minutes from start to finish when you follow the process. Um, And that way, I don't have to clean up other people's GA4s anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can trust that people are going to have good analytics. But also the other thing, too, is in all the talks I've given over all the years I've been doing this, people always say to me, you know, I had this client leave us because we couldn't prove what we were doing. And there's a talk I gave at MozCon, I think it was 2014, called Prove Your Value. And it really resonated with the audience because at the time I talked about how we don't deliver rank tracking reports, which apparently was revolutionary in 2014, but that's a lot of questions that people had was what should I include in a report? And that's the other half of the course is here's what to report on. And here's how to figure out for your client specifically what you should report on, not just the template because we have that, but you're going to want to customize it too. So it's specific to your client and your client's needs. And by creating that level of we're listening to you and that level of trust that you're going to create with your client, where they know that you actually have their back, it's going to create that long-term relationship because frankly, it is so much easier to keep an existing client, then pull the get a new one. And if you're yep. a growing agency, it is really difficult to grow if you have to backfill clients who are leaving you all the time because they feel like they're not getting the level of service they deserve. Yep. And when clients come to kickpoint from other agencies, they'll say things like, we had to tell the agency what to do. The agency couldn't come up with any ideas on what we should be doing. You know, we felt like we were giving them all the answers. And with proper analytics, you can look at that and say, oh, I see this issue here. We need to fix this. Or here's a trend that surfaced. Let's jump on that. And by having good analytics and good reporting, it makes it so much easier to do that part of your job. And also, like delivering an 80 page report that you copied and pasted and took screenshots of is a total yep. waste of everyone's time. Yep. You just cut all that time out, don't worry about the data, focus on the insights, and then you're going to have so much better customer service for your clients.
0: Yeah. Funny enough, uh, the last episode of Conversion Cast that just released was Joy Hawkins, mm-hmm. and we were talking about reporting and excluding. Rank tracking on those reports. Yep. So yep. you you're completely correct. Uh I, I also want to point out too uh myself in, in running agencies for 15 plus years, internally, processes are the number one thing to efficient and strong agencies. So mm-hmm. by you delivering this course and walking through them through through the entire process, not only to understand it, but kind of their, you know, uh, go-to-market strategy with how to implement that process and what to take care of like when you when you basically are writing people's SOPs for them it Mm -hmm. makes agency life so much better that puts that floor underneath like oh if we do something wrong we only go down this far that's what I was always trying to limit is I don't want to fall more than one flight of stairs uh, (laughs) if we make a mistake so uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's really great for that where can people go to find out more about the analytics for agencies playbook
1: Yeah, so it is at kpplaybook.com. And we also have a discount code if you enter in leadferno. Um, When you check out, you'll get a percentage off your order. Um, And right now we also have some discounts available on the site. We're working on adding monthly payment plans because I know for a lot of agencies, cash flow might be tight right now. So if you do need a monthly payment plan, we can definitely arrange that. You can just contact us until we have it added to the website. And the other thing too that I would say is that uh, there is also a letter that you can copy to your boss if your boss isn't sure if you should buy it or not. Nice. You can copy that. And that includes a link to set up a call with me for 15 minutes and I can talk to them about what they're going to get out of analytics for agencies. And I think that that is actually something that's been really fun and interesting to do because yeah. it's great to find out those like little objections that people have? Or will I be able to do this? Which also from an agency perspective, like you should probably do this for your clients anyway. I think it's just a great sales tool. I've learned so much from talking to people who aren't 100% sure. Um, And as someone who doesn't do sales a lot of the time, like this probably is old hat to you. But to me, it's really an interesting part of the process.
0: No, I think that's great. And I think you put that Uh, that way to find out about uh, objections or what Mm -hmm. people are skeptical of and create a conversation right up front about it. So you just, I definitely just like, oh, maybe, maybe there's something to that. It's it's almost a playful way to please bring me your nose and mm-hmm. just give me a small chance to prove otherwise, because I feel very confident in what I'll be able to, to do with that opportunity. So, yeah. yeah, I I think that's great. Well, that's awesome. I will um, link to that within the, the show notes as well as um, the discount code as well. I, I think that's Awesome. Um, I have not watched the course yet, but again, I have over a decade of experience with Dana. I will personally vouch for if she's putting in time to put this together, especially that amount of time, um, whatever she's charging you for it, she is undercharging you for it. You will get the five X, the 10 X value from it. So, uh, I would say definitely go and check that out. Lastly, Dana, uh, my, my question for you, uh, on this Um, As you move uh, along for this, what do you think is the biggest thing in the the world of analytics that is facing, right? We have these ebbs and flows between privacy and attribution Mm -hmm. and things like that. What do you think is the biggest hurdle overall for the analytics space right now?
1: Yeah, I think that the the impending what's you know death of cookies that people talk about is going to be the next big problem. I think, but also um, people realizing how little they can actually track. I think beyond the death of cookies, we've already been able to track less and less for years. People use ad blockers all the time. I have one right now. I can see that the site that you and I are recording this on it blocked 117 items on this site. I don't think they're all ads trackers, but a bunch of them for sure were. And so for years, you haven't been able to get as much data as you thought you were anyway. And that is just going to to get less and less over the years. So I think really accepting the fact that you're not tracking everyone is one of the things I've really been emphasizing and really thinking about trends, not absolutes. Don't say you had 50 conversions, say that you had, you know, above or below your baseline of conversions or above or below your goal of conversions, because you don't actually know. And anytime anyone says to me, well, you know, I looked in our CRM and I saw 75 form fills, but I went in analytics, I only saw 50. What's wrong? Well, those 25 people had ad blockers. or they had something else, or they did some other way to contact you that meant that analytics doesn't track it. And the fact that it's there is not new. You just didn't know about it before. But now I think GGA4 really opens it up to say, you know what, people are using these different ways to hide themselves from analytics. And there's not much you can do about that. That is A, legal or B, ethical, (laughs) especially if you're in Europe, you know, you have to accept it when people say no to cookies. Um, And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest challenges is that you can't track everything. We can track less and less, so we're expected to do more with less. But at some point as well, you also can't make assumptions based on a really limited data set. So I think that the stats now say that about 40% of Americans use an ad blocker on a daily basis. That is obviously meaning that stuff cannot be tracked the way yeah. they used to be able to track. And if you're not already looking at your stats and saying, well, I'm probably only seeing 60% of the people in GA4 out of the 100% of people who came to my website and approaching it from that perspective, I think you're probably missing out on you know what the data is actually telling you.
0: Well, I'm glad I asked that question. And it sounds like I have a great topic idea for the next time you and I talk down the road on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I would say like a year from now, it's going to be, we'll have a better sense a year from now on what Google's going to do with cookies. And then I'm going to see what's going to happen because that cookies were never intended to be what they become. It was yep. never that that technology was never supposed to be used for this stuff. Yep. And so we're going to have to come up with a new paradigm for it. But again, it's like nobody likes being tracked, except marketers who ironically don't even want themselves to be tracked. They just want to track other people. So what can we do in order to report, prove that value to our clients and know that things we're doing are working? And that's getting harder and harder to do.
0: Yeah. And such an important piece of the whole puzzle that's there. So yeah, Dana, thank you so much. This was so enlightening. Hopefully uh, the listeners today have their arms wrapped around things a little bit more. And if nothing else, they have an incredible resource uh, now to be able to look into. So please go and check out the analytics for agencies. I would even say if you are a marketer in-house, you would benefit mm-hmm. um, from this program as well because it covers all the basics you need to be able to set up a core process for internal reporting. So yep.
1: We do have some in-house people in the course already. So it's not, yeah, so check it out for sure.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, thanks so much, Dana.
1: Thanks for having me.